Hello everybody, welcome back to Nobody Likes Recruiters. This is a podcast for you if you are looking to ace your recruitment game, if you are run a small business and you want to get better at recruitment and you want to find those, those tips to attract the best talent, or if you're a candidate and you also want to um, find out a little bit more on what happens within the recruitment process, then uh, yeah, this podcast is for you. In today's episode though, we're going to be talking about AI. So this podcast has not been recorded by robots. We are still humans and we plan to do this for as long as we can before robots come and take over and nobody <laughs> likes recruiters. But yeah, so in this episode, we're going to talk about AI and the impact that it's having on recruitment. But instead of talking and theorizing about the future so much, what we're going to do is we're going to speak to the lads, Lee and Steve, who obviously run Logic Resourcing, who are a boutique agency um, that service businesses in the Staffordshire and Cheshire area, but also further afield. We're going to actually talk to you guys about um, how you're utilizing AI at the moment. So a lot of the podcasts on this, Lee, we're talking about this off air, very theoretical you know, how can we do this? How can we do that? We're going to talk about how you're using it and where you think it adds value. We are. Cool. So, you want to, you want to yeah, start Yeah, 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 no, that's it. I mean, when I we say... I've rambled on uh, <coughs> well, well, so uh, I've done my job. Uh, when we say AI, I mean, probably the programme we use most at the minute or the, um, is it programme software? You know, I'm not too techy. Uh, is is chat GPT, which I think, like... You've heard so much about AI, haven't we, over the last two or three years? And, you know, we've got these ideas of robots and <clears throat> science fiction films. But chat GTP is the first thing that's kind of, it's almost like really quickly being thrust upon us. Yes. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's got something to say about it. Yeah. Um, well, more people signed up to this to use this than anything else. Like it reached that user user threshold within about three days. And yeah. Eclipsed, you know, the same amount of time that it took Facebook two years or whatever yeah. the statistic was. <clears throat> Carry on, Which is mad, really. And, and you know, when, when you get to, to kind of use it for the first time, I was like completely blown away. You can ask it questions. You can kind of get opinions. You can paste content in and ask it to summarize. So there's loads of, of different tangible ways that we, that we kind of use it on a day-to-day basis. But I also, think it's more concise, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. Cause, uh, I mean, how is it different to just banging something in on Google? Uh, but actually, you get to the crux of what you want a lot quicker. Yeah. And actually with probably a lot better accuracy as well uh, is probably the biggest yeah. thing, isn't it? And it feels like, you're, it's basically a chat bot, but it actually feels like you are talking to it. You can ask it a question. You can then rephrase the question. You can ask it something else about the subject and topic. Yeah. And it is like you're having a having a kind of a, a real, real conversation, really. But we'll, we'll touch on some of the things that we use it for recruitment on, on, on a kind of a daily basis. But there are some mistakes that I think people can and will and are making at the minute. So we'll try and cover them yeah. really. So first one, I think that's that's huge for us is, is researching a position, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so what you mean by that is you've been given a role. Yeah. They're like, right, we want a MIG welder. Yeah. Yes. And you're like, well, what do you mean? Let's just pretend we don't know what that is for a second. Yeah. Because there's a previous episode where we did with Alex. <laughs> all about this recruiting in the engineering space, which you can go back and find, by the way, if you do want to listen to it. But yeah, so you've been given this remit and you're like, I don't know anything about this role. Yeah. Chat GPT gives you the ability to find out about it quicker yeah. than it yeah. would have done if you were trawling through Google articles. Yeah. yeah. And I think even if you do know something about it, I think it can still provide decent research. So actually, like sometimes what I've used it for is validation of some of my own thought processes. So, you know, in the example of a Mega Tig Wilder, you know, it can be then after that, you know, 
but why would I want to be one? You know, what is it good about the role? Because you're trying to get into the mindset of of it. Because you know what the functional tangible part of the job is, but then what's some of the other underlying parts that yeah. you might think about Megan Tigwalder? And have you found that it's been reliable though? Because one of the one of the biggest criticisms of it, which is a bit unfair, because it's a fairly new technology, is mm. it's not that reliable. I found that if I'm asking for really detail heavy stuff, yeah, it can sometimes give me the wrong information. But I think like anything, you take it with a pinch of salt, don't you? So actually, if your whole aim was, and I've I personally not used it for this, is to just take that whole chunk of whatever it spits back at you and lift it and put it into another context somewhere else. That's not what I personally used it for. You're using it to gain knowledge, information, to then be able to translate that, you know, into into some other form of part of content or, or something that we may may kind of use. use yeah, to optimize. Yeah, yeah, to optimize. And, and it's the same with everything. It's getting its information from somewhere, isn't it? So you would always always tend to fact check. But when, for argument's sake, when I did type in, you know, what's the difference between a MIG and a TIG welder? Normally, I would probably ask Alex, Alex, what's the difference? But, you know, straight away it came up with MIG welder, metal inert, gas welder, TIG welder, tungsten inert, ga- gas welder. The two are different welding processes with distinct characteristics. And then, you know, it goes on and on. But the good thing is you can then delve a little bit deeper. So what qualities would you, you know, would somebody need or what experience would somebody need um, to fulfill this job? Yeah. And then it almost gets conversational. And for me... That is a lot better than just going onto Google and reading an essay about it because I can yeah. delve into certain bits, ask more questions. So what industries is likely to, to be the difference? And yeah. and it's almost having a sounding board there, really. It's it, it yeah, it allows you to be more specific. Yes. So you could say, I've you could say to it, Yeah, hey, I've got a candidate here that has been in has been a MIG MIG Wilder for, for 10 years. Imagine that you are interviewing this MIG Welder. What yep. types of questions would you ask? Exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All of a sudden then, you you can't really do that on Google. I mean, you can. You can go search for it. Maybe yeah. there's a Reddit thread on it somewhere that you yeah. pull up. But you can be a lot more specific. And then you yeah. can even go change that. You know, make them competency questions. You know, make them more informal questions. You can even go to them another level of asking it to do it yeah. in a different different fashion as well. So, And one, one I did the other day when I was just playing around with it, um, I think it was for HR or business partner, similar, we, you know, similar conversation with, with chat GTP, GPT. And what are the differences between a HR business partner and a large corporate or a, a small family run business? Yeah. And it came up with a really articulate answer of how for a small family run business, um, you know, it'd be, you, your role would be less pigeonholed. You might need to get involved in, um, it, you know, in different levels of projects. And it's just, it's amazing how, yeah. how kind of, you know, the conversation evolves. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think like the context for the business is, you know, if you don't know where to start with a JD, yeah. you could literally go, write me a job description for a project manager. It could it could really have something straight away that you could kind of push out there. It can save time and energy, you know, for your HR manager, for your, for your business owner to at least as a starting block for, for a job description. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But leaving it just there, though, probably isn't the solution. What you need to do is you need to manipulate it yeah. in order to dig a little bit deeper to, to produce something that's Definitely. probably more, more valuable. So, and, and we've used, kind of used it, you know, on the other context for, the, for adverts, you know. Right. Again, I, probably the word of caution would be, is like, I've never just relied on what it's given me. Like, I've actually had to change it, even though I can go... Um, you know, summarise something or write me an advert for a 
um, for a business development manager, it will be quite generic. Then I'll say, make it more informal, but that still doesn't always represent the culture. It still doesn't, he still doesn't have a deeper understanding of the organization, what's appealing about that organization and all the other kind of bits and pieces. So although it can write you some mm. content or some copy, it doesn't have the learning or understanding of the human that's inputting it to try and get elicit the, the right responses out. It's probably it's probably the one thing that would say the kind of caveat to it, you know. And that yeah, a hundred percent that is the bit that it's missing. I think we all know and we've discussed on previous episodes that bad recruiters um, just post the job description instead of the advert. So what they could do to make their all but ready bad recruitment processes slightly better, they could paste <laughs> they could paste the job description into chat GTP and say, yeah. turn this into an advert. And then that is it's still better than posting the job description. Yeah. You know, it's not great yeah. and there's still limitations to that. But then like Steve says, you could always say, and add a joke at the start relevant to the company. And then it could put a little tiny tweak on there that makes it seem authentic. Yeah. So there is a cost saving. There is a time saving. Yeah. Is it as good as actually taking the time to really truly understand the business and, you know, to, to write a proper well-cultivated advert? No, it's not. Mm. But it does allow people to cut corners and probably do a better job than what they previously did before. And we, had a, chat, we had a chat when you first came out. It was quite interesting and, and you know, dead honest as well. Yeah. So with chat GTP and writing an advert, like we said, we know that quite a lot of people do crap adverts and we've kind of worked quite, I suppose, quite hard in trying to ensure that ours are more engaging where possible and all the other kind of bits and pieces. Does that mean level in the playing field for everyone else? Like, you know, to like you said, at least yeah. get a half decent advert. And, and probably the reality is in the end, you still need human intervention to be able to really make it yeah. educational and insightful. Yes. Like, although it provides, like Lee said, that really good building block that may be better, a far cry from better than what you were doing before i still don't think it replaces yeah the individual input of the person doing it no it doesn't and and, and you're talking about leveling the playing field so here's how i'd put that the bad recruitment agents yeah. that just take the jd and do that if that's what they do anyway right chat gpt could make their life a bit easier and it may yeah. increase their game by five percent but because you spend that time writing the JDs before and trying to actually think about things in a more um, nuanced way, yeah. you're just going to take that effort yeah. and that work ethic and apply it to something like ChatGPT to just improve yours. So yeah. while theirs are going to go up five percent, yeah. yours are going to go up fifteen percent. Yeah. So and that's how yeah. I see it, right? Yeah. But bad behaviour is going to exist even with ChatGPT. But it doesn't. It's not. A, it's not a. Yeah. It's not a, just. A, but it is. It is great. Do you know what? When you've got a stump, a bit of a block on how you want to articulate something. Again, probably the one caveat to it is you have to know what to input. You do. Yeah. So like I had about five or six iterations of putting in different things, not too formal, do a bit, you know, whatever it was to try and get something in the end that I didn't fully use, but I used aspects of it. Mm. So if you're just going to give it one pump and say, run out of it for X, yeah. probably yeah. you're still no. going to get your great, yeah. great output. And Lee, what about candidate sourcing specifically? How can... How can it help there? That's not clear to me. So there's a few few different elements of candidate sourcing. Again, it does the first part probably falls down down to to research. So say for example, we were recruiting a junior marketing role. Um, what we would generally do um, when sourcing externally is go and search uh, the job boards, LinkedIn, different Boolean sites, different sites. We go out and cast the net. So I pumped in, give me all the different job titles for a junior marketing role straight away. ChatGTP came back, 
marketing executive, marketing coordinator, social media coordinator, social media manager. So it gave me all the potential job titles that people could be working in. I said, okay, okay great, thanks. The client was in e-commerce. Um, ideally, they were looking for some form of, of e-commerce experience. So give me a list of all the, the local e-commerce retailers within a 50 mile radius. Boom, it came up with all of them. Now put this into a Boolean search string for me. So it came up with all the job titles, all the different uh, companies, and I was able then to paste that into the job boards. Did need a little bit of tweaking here and there for the various languages. But what we would have done previously is, you know, look through Wikipedia, look through um, business directories. But this was able to, to make a pretty concise list within a matter of minutes. Again, again it wasn't everything, was it? Like, I no. think, again, it gives you a decent starting block. Yeah, the starting block is, yeah. is the best yeah. way to put it. A boost. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. It makes, it makes life easier. And yeah. I think that's the way it should be viewed. It's not a... It's just, it genuinely is not, it's, it's going to fix everything. Mm. But you've just given a tangible example of something that was quite laborious, which yeah. has now become a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. But that enables then the good recruiters yeah. to do their job better. Yeah. Still this is the point the I'm making. Theory, yeah. Exactly. It's the yeah. same with marketing. This is, this is the AI is producing lots of solutions for marketing. Yeah. But if you don't use it properly and you still don't apply that effort and use your brain, yeah. yeah. It's not, yeah. it can't turn you into a great marketeer. No, is, no. is the point. But, but how many conversations have we had, Steve, where I've sat down and said, all right, you know, um, HR business partner, what are the other titles? And we've, we've probably, you know, some, we, on assignments, we've pulled ourselves away from the room and we just yeah. got our heads together and spent a good few hours formulating and planning to do a search so proactive. Now this at least gives us a <laughs> yeah. bit of a jump, gets us thinking. Sometimes yeah. this will pick things we've missed and vice versa. Yeah. So you do still need to understand what you're doing. You yeah. do still need to understand the fundamentals of Boolean searching, the, the best practices of candidate sourcing. Yeah. But again, it can give you a bit of a helping hand, a starting block, get yeah. you thinking a little bit yeah. differently. And this is what this was the purpose of this episode. Yeah. Again, for those listening, is we wanted to give you something tangible that these guys are actually using. Because as I said, a lot of the episodes, and I've listened to a couple of them on yeah. AI and recruitment, it's very theoretical. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's sometimes the big Which is great. Yeah. We all like thinking about what's yeah. coming. But and it's sometimes the bigger bits that, you know, it can remove, you know, a lot of times they say, don't they, it removes the um it removes the bias for large corporates can process thousands of applications an hour. Well, that's not important to a lot of small, medium businesses, 90% of the businesses that are listening to this. So, you know, hopefully if you can take a few of these away, you know, there's some tangible benefits there. I agree. I agree. Now, interview questions. This goes back to a point I made yeah. about the MIG and TIG. Well, you know, so how I see this is you go on to chat and you say, put yourself. This is how I've found that it's worked for me, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Put yourself in the position of somebody who yes. is going to be interviewing a candidate with this amount of yeah. experience. What you know? What questions should I be asking? Yeah. Is that how you've used it? Yeah, 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 100%. I've asked what questions you'd be using. Put yourself in the... I mean, it, it works as well for clients and candidates as well. Um, you know, you can even put in the, the size of the organization. You can ask for competency-based questions, behavioral mm. questions. Yeah. Um, the danger is, you know... A lot of them are the generic questions as well, aren't they? Yeah. And again, we go back to starting block, isn't it? I think yeah. actually, you know, an interview never pans out like that. Unless, you know, you're just going to ask it verbatim, you know, mm. verbatim, verbatim, verbatim. God, yeah. No. Verbatim. Verbatim. <laughs> um, if you're going to ask it like that, but it doesn't pan out like that. It, again, what it's not going to ascertain is culture. Yeah. And yeah. not going to ascertain 
drive motivation. You know, all the other kind of bits and pieces, you know, you're the individual that's doing that. But if you feel inexperienced or underqualified or, you know, not confident in certain areas, it can definitely give you a bit of a, a, a kind of thing where I, I could interview, I could constantly interview and not look stupid, you know, at an X role. Um, yeah, because interviewing is a, is a massive skill. And we, we've spoke about it at depth before, but sometimes, it, you know, it is good to have a bit of a structure. There might be some um, questions that you know you 100% want to get answers to in there. And, yeah. you know, ChatDP is a good good place to start. This will probably be a good time to interject with this anecdote. It's more on the candidate side, but I just I was watching a, a YouTube channel just like This Week in AI. It's the the, the, the program's called. Anyway, it was a guy talking about the different, you know, he talked about the different top hot releases and whatever. And there was a piece of kit out there. I can't quite remember what it was called. But if you're doing a Skype or, or, or an a, a, a interview over the, you know, over the internet, you're not physically there. Yeah you're able to have, you've got two screens, you've got one, the per, the, the, the interviewer, yeah. and then as the interviewer's talking, the AI is feeding potential mm-hmm. answers to those questions on the yeah. other side of the screen. Yeah. It's going to change yeah. the game. Now, I can't, I wouldn't depend on that in a really high stakes interview yeah. because again, yeah. as we've noted, that there can be issues with this, but yeah. it's the type of thing where it might affect it from the candidate side. So yeah. you might, we might find ourselves in a position in a year or two where nobody can do remote interviews yeah. anymore um well, the, right, well, the different scare stories for, for any industry for the, the, there's so many you know i don't know if you listen to the steve bartlett podcast yes. and basically made out the whole world's gonna gonna explode if there's not an intervention but you know some of the ramifications could be quite serious it could affect industries in mass couldn't it depending on how and where we go with this i think there's already but, been some contact center-based roles haven't they? i can't remember the british cast or somebody that have and it laid off 300 people as a consequence to yeah. the, 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 I suppose now the, the level of the AI and the ability to respond is kind of eradicating jobs, you know, but as, as it eradicates some, there'll be more kind of created in different areas. So. Yes, although I, I mean, I don't know how many, just how many people need to be prompt engineers. So it's something mm-hmm. that, you know, people have to, I yeah. think the authorities have to be aware of. I watched, um, a, I watched is at Chatham House where a lot of the think tanks gather and it was a, a talk, it's Tony Blair, um, the head of Microsoft and another lady I can't quite recall. And they, right off the bat, were talking about this is going to take a, a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we need, to, and their whole thing was we need to legislate and right, regulate right. because, yeah. of course, you know, those people also have a, you know, the destruction could be quite impactful for, yeah. for the people yeah. at the top of the tree as well. Because if you've got, all of a sudden, if there's a lot of unemployment that comes off the back of this, and again, we're, we're theorizing now, we didn't want to do this on this episode, but that's going to play out massively yeah. politically and, yeah. and whatever. Mm. And, you know, also in terms of what, what does the future of work look like? So, yeah. but again, that's not what this podcast is for. <laughs> Very interesting topic there. Maybe yeah. we'll do another one on yeah. there. Yeah. Maybe we'll get Tony Blair on to talk about <laughs> yeah. it. Um, I'm sure he'd love to do Nobody Latch Agrees. Uh, email, correspondent, and copy is written on here so because i think lee we, we spoke about this off air but there's certain parts of the recruitment process where ai is not going yeah. to, to, to get too involved in i yeah. mean there's there's for me steve it's right up until you start to do those yeah face-to-face interviews yeah. um and then it might come into play when you're kind of sending out the confirmation email that yeah. might be written by it yeah so yeah. but you've still got to have that human touch but this is a point then where you're corresponding with a yeah. potential candidate so how are, you, how are you using it at this point? So this is something that I know is used quite a bit at the minute. And a lot of the videos and podcasts that I've watched and listened to play quite heavily on this point. 
it's also the probably the point that I, I don't particularly like using it for because I like the communication to be quite authentic. I think that it's something that's quite damaging to the industry is generic content, mm. is spammy content, is poorly written emails. Is, and, and I think this is the perfect opportunity to lose a lot of that human interaction. Um, so although it is great and it can write you you know, it could write a business development email. It could write a, an, invita- an invitation to interview email. And they look quite good and they write quite well, but they don't write in my style. Mm. So that's the bit that I don't quite feel too comfortable with because at that point, over the period of time that I've been dealing with the clients, I've developed a relationship with them. And I think that, that the AI kind of removes that bit. But I thought it was important to speak about it. Um, because it can't, I suppose it can, if you wanted it to do if I'm approaching 20 candidates, it, I can get, write me an approach email to approach 20 marketing candidates. Yes. But what's quite interesting about that is, is again, the industry changed. I think candidates and companies and everyone else is now wising up to generic content emails. We get absolutely battered and bombarded. And it's now the only emails that stand out are the ones that are personalized. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> if there's anything that, any shift that's been done, if you watch any kind of webinar or any kind of talk, listen to any kind of podcast, basically on outreach, it's all about personalized outreach. That's the only way that generally people now interact and engage. So there will obviously be anomaly to that. You know, there'll be people probably with lots of examples of where they've done a sequenced kind of business development strategy. They've yeah. done seven emails and it succeeds and that's time and place. But most people want to feel like it's not just a, a kind of group of spam, spam yeah. email being pushed out. But but it is, again, you know, you can, you can do whatever you want to do around your kind of email correspondence. And, and you can work with it yeah. to write good email correspondence. And you yeah. could say, add a joke in there. You could say, um, you know, you could say, make it more lighthearted. It's, you know, you, you can you can work with it to generate a yeah. sort of a style. And the, the latest versions of the AI remember your tone of voice that yes. you like as well and, yeah. and actually produce all content. Which is which is mega. But mega I think you'd probably just say just be put yourself in the shoes of the of the person receiving it if you think it yeah. sounds good, you know. But again, yeah. you you think like that because you're a good recruiter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. AI doesn't change the game. If you're a bad you're just gonna do more of the yeah. bad things, you're just probably gonna do yeah. them quicker with AI. Because yeah. you'll put That's bare what minimum it comes in. Down yeah. to, because yeah. you'll put bare minimum. You won't consider the things that no. that a good recruiter considers in the first place. Yeah, and I think what I'm doing there is I'm the kids this is that the kids use on the internet, but I'm giving you a white pill and I'm saying that if you're already good at your job, yeah. right? Can you what? A white pill. Oh, okay. So a black pill is like a depressing thought. Okay. A white pill is a happy thought. Okay. Yeah. And when it comes to AI, there's a lot of black pills. So it's going to take everyone's jobs so out. Yeah. The whole world's going to end, right? Yeah. I'm saying that if you're good at what you do, yeah. the white pill of AI, AI is can make yeah. you better yeah. at what yes. you do. Yeah. And that's where, yeah, okay, there's going to be elements that are going to be automated and, and, and there's going to be a lot of disruption, yeah. but you can still position yourself in a good mm. way. So Lee, you asked um, AI, trusty AI, why nobody liked recruiters. Yeah, I did. You know, I thought that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> Just to see if we were on the same page. Well, do you know what it started to do now? It started to not take responsibility for his answers. So he's saying, I'm not saying this, but based on research. That's like me and my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Listen, I'm before. not saying this. I've heard so that you don't do any watching. <laughs> so, so yeah, basically we asked him why, why nobody likes recruiters. It covered its own arse, startly, but then it said, <laughs> uh, so lack of personalization. 
One which, you know, using too much AI yeah. will, will uh, you know, will lead to four foul. A job on his first point. <laughs> <laughs> um, ineffective communication. Again, I think we've, we've, we've kind of covered. Uh, mismatched job opportunities. Um, you know, definitely if you remove the entire human element of, uh, um, yeah, mismatched job opportunities. Uh, pressure or misrepresentation and commission-driven focus. So, you know, I think it's... The, I think it's spot on. All, I think it's you know, spot on. kind of know. And you've got the last points to conclude, which is what I like to yeah. do on, on the show. So again, what's the takeaway thing that, for, for this that you want you know, people to think about? I think what we've come what we've come to, to realise, Steve, is is AI is great. Yeah. And we, we do get a lot from it. We probably use it on a daily basis now, don't yeah. we? But we use it as, as a starting point. Um, it can time save, I think... In the wrong hands, people will start to cut corners and, and make mistakes, which I think will be will be evident. Um, there was the worry at first, wasn't there, that it'll level the playing field when yeah. you know Steve mentioned we put a lot of work into our adverts. Will it make everybody be able to write great adverts? But I don't think it will. Um, but I think it is useful if used used properly. One hundred percent, yeah. You know, it's it's definitely a great tool, and I think, like I said, it, even the, the kind of things where we go to a HR manager. Have you got a job spec? No, not got a job spec. I mean, yeah. you could quite quickly pump one out within 10 minutes. It might not be to the full level, but you know, you could do, yeah. you, do you a good, good job. I think really definitely will save time. Yeah. And I think fundamentally, again, it comes back to that whole notion of if you're good at what you do, it can make you better. And if you're yeah. bad at what you do, it can actually make you worse. Yeah. That's the irony <laughs> of it. It makes you lazy. Yeah. It makes you lazy, which makes, <laughs> it makes you worse. So, um, but again, this is a topic that's up for debate at the moment. Encouraging a lot of conversation yeah. online and offline. So if you do have any thoughts, please do leave them in the, the comments below. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, drop a like, all that good stuff. And we'll see you next time on Nobody Likes Recruiters. Not only can recruitment be a rather frustrating process, it can also be pretty time consuming. But thankfully, the team at Logic Resourcing can take all that pain away from you. Lots of agencies say that they do recruitment differently. We've all heard it. But as you know from this podcast, both Lee and Steve at Logic genuinely mean it. Now, put it this way, 94%, yes, that's right, 94% of the candidates that they submit attend their interviews and Logic have a 90% success rate on exclusive assignments. That's pretty impressive. So if you're looking to ace your recruitment, make your life easier and find those diamond candidates, start by letting Logic take the stress out of all of this for you. Give us a call or email info at logicresourcing.com.